Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology and anyone, anything else we can think of. I'm as always Nick, and with me today is... Brad, what's up? Yep, it is just the two of us this week, but that's fine. We didn't want you guys to miss out, so we've uh, we've we've carried on. Uh, Brad, I don't know if you want to go first with what you've been up to today. Uh, yeah, sure. This I week. have had a... It was like such a long week. I hurt my back on Tuesday pretty good, and so I went to the doctor and they gave me like muscle relaxers and stuff like that. And so I've been nursing that, so it means like I usually can't spend more than like 30 minutes sitting down in a chair, but I mean, I'll make it through the podcast. Don't worry. But um, Good commitment yeah, to the cause. Yeah, for real. Um, other than that, um, I haven't done a whole lot of gaming. I've been busy with like work and things like that. I got professional headshots done like in my suit so that I can put it on resumes and LinkedIn and stuff like that. For when I, Ooh, yeah, nice. when I got out of the military, I've been playing mostly um, Final Fantasy XIV because it's like the best freaking thing I've played in my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just really want to spend all my time playing that, but there's like you know priorities yeah. and responsibilities I got to do and stuff, which is that's just silly. But um, yeah, um, mostly I've been watching movies and television with the wife while I've been laying on the floor trying to ice my back and stuff so uh we watched seven deadly sins on um on netflix i don't know if you've seen it but it's really good mm-hmm. okay it's it's what do you want to for our, li- for our listeners sake give them a bit of a um the basic story what, what is? is there's this kingdom that has uh it's like a fantasy setting that has there's a kingdom britannia that has um holy knights that are like super powerful magical heroes and they have this group called the seven deadly sins and like the seven strongest holy knights of all well okay uh well almost well two of the um grand masters frame the seven deadly sins for murdering like some okay. super important dude and then the story is about how the seven deadly sins were scattered and have to come back together to save the country from the holy knights which are actually jerks and are like being big a-holes and messing okay. everything up and the seven deadly sins are really the good people so yeah it's pretty good it's exciting um the ending is real 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 good uh other than that i've been doing like i said work stuff so i've been working on like a scripting uh visual basic thing for an excel document for work which is taking up a bit of my time but it's kind of fun to do i enjoy it yeah uh and then what's that i just saying i see i see a little note about life is strange you not very happy (laughs) i will i will get there all right, I will get to Life is Strange when I get to it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, I forget about it sometimes yeah. because it hasn't really, like, hooked me. But Yeah, I got uh, I got an amusing tweet yesterday from last week's guest and friend of the show, Robin Bates, that said he was about to start episode four and having drunk a fair amount of gin, he was going to give me a shout if he needed a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I think, I think he made it through. <laughs> good, good for him. I'll get there someday. But most recently, yeah. inspired by uh, the recent announcements and trailers and such, I've started a new playthrough mm-hmm. of Watch Dogs last night. So I played for like, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes or something before I fell asleep. That's good. Oh. Yeah. And Rena's not with us today. She's got other things going yep. on. So she's... She yeah, doesn't she's... care enough. <laughs> she doesn't like us enough. No, she's had a busy weekend. She was a... She did a hair for a wedding on Friday and then... Today she's doing hair for one of her friends, and it's gonna be like eight hours of doing hair okay. for them. So, 
yeah, just, just remember, listeners, we're real people. We always try and get stuff out to you every week, but our lives can get in the way. Truth. Hence, for example, I sounded very ill and very stressed last week, but hopefully that won't that won't happen again. Hopefully. Yeah. What have you been up to, Nick? Um, I've been up to I've been up to a few things. I just yesterday finally uploaded my Uncharted Four review to my site. There will be a um, there'll be a link in the release notes to the podcast. You can give that a read. I'd really like if you would give that a read. It was just one of those things. I'd I'd got it back edited. I'd made the last few tweaks. Um, and I thought, well, I'll just get this out. It's kind of it's kind of sitting, not doing anything. Um, just a bit there. I hope to possibly still do a sort of audio discussion with John the One Track Gamers in the next couple of weeks. I was gonna I was gonna wait and not post my review, but um, I think John's a bit busy at the moment. But John, if you still want to do it, I'm happy to do it. But um, so yeah, that's still come. The main thing for me is I've been playing just uh, a lot more Just Cause Three, like I was uh, last week. Can you can you give it's, me um, like a it's... like a scale of one to ten? How you feel about Just Cause Three? Uh, I'd say seven, seven and a half. Okay, that's that's kind of the consensus I was getting from from it. Yeah, like it's 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 much better. It's I think it. It's much better made. There doesn't seem to be as many rough edges. I will go into one in a minute, but it does feel quite a lot like GTA Five with just sort of a, a lot more freedom to to blow things it, up. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It um it does it does suffer slightly from a bit of what I have termed Ubisoft map, where sort of there's loads of there's loads of side stuff you can do, and it's like constantly showing you where it is on your map, which can be a bit distracting if you're trying to get from A to B. And um, one slightly annoying thing is that you can get like sort of mods and upgrades for your items to make them do really silly things, but you only earn those by doing side missions as opposed to going through the main story. Interesting. Which I think is a bit annoying because yeah. even though there's not much to the main story, I'm a bit OCD and I like to just get the main missions done, and I'm not really getting any reward for it, which is a bit annoying. But I I kind of see why they have done it to sort of make you do all the side stuff. And some of them are quite cool. One of them is quite rem- reminiscent of Burnout. You basically have a bomb strapped to your car and you have to cause as much damage as possible. I think they're, like, it's hard to get the balance right. But in games where it's like you either do the side missions and yeah. you are kind of, what's the word, like crippled for, or like have a handicap mm. for the main storyline, or you don't. Yeah. Like, that's the wrong way to do it, versus, like, you want to go explore the side missions because you want to see more about the world and learn about it, things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I can always hearken mm. or liken it back to uh, The Witcher 3, because, God, that game yeah. is so good. Yeah, I think that's one of the places The Witcher excels, that, like, there is sort of an inherent desire to want to do the side yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, the side stories are interesting. Cool. Yeah, whereas in Just Cause, it feels more a kind of thing of just to get that higher percentage or just yeah. to get the next upgrade you want. Yeah, I get you. But one slight point of note is um, I did discover quite a major glitch that actually forced me to reset my game. I think it um, I think it was just a slight loading text um, textural glitch. But you know how, um, well, our listeners may not know this, but a common technique used in games revolves around the idea of level of detail. Yeah. So as you as you approach an object, it becomes more and more detailed. It's basically it's just a way of minimizing the amount of um, so, sort of stuff the console has to process. Yeah. It's it's been in it's been in three D games for 
like 20 odd years. I was looking back, I think Spyro the Dragon on the PlayStation. Yeah, well, because you, you can't like to, uh... you can't load all of the high res textures all of the time. Yeah. Like you, they scale no. it like based on distances when they change yeah. textures. Not not even on the modern consoles. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, and it was just I got to like a far off area, and I was like, hmm, this looks a bit funny. And I thought, oh, maybe is is this like an area I've blown up? And I just forgot. I went to land on it and went straight through it, <laughs> which was interesting. I then went back to I went back to sort of the mainland because I thought, okay, maybe it's just a glitch on like a far away yeah. bit of land. So I'll go back to the main bit, and it, all of the textures were low res and not solid. Dude, don't you love when that happens? So you. <laughs> Kind but of, but I was trying to do things, and when you can't land on anything, and then I then um, either I then just as a joke, I went to like as high as I could, and went completely full speed into the floor, and I did I because what I thought would happen is that if I went underneath the land, it would kill me, but it turns out there's just water underneath all the, the land, so I just got I just got stuck inside some geometry and had to reset the game. That sucks. Like it hasn't had a, it hasn't had any lasting effects, and I think it's. It's more the sort of glitch that comes about not because the game is badly made, but because it's so complex and like there's so many bits of code all executing at once that every so often something's just going to happen. Yeah, and that seems to be the case with a lot of large games. Like there's random physics yes, effects like, in Fallout and uh, yeah, in Skyrim. It's, it's, it's quite noticeable in GTA Five yeah. as well. And that like quite often you'll be at a road and a car will just spawn out of nowhere. Anytime you're trying to recreate literally a world. Where like yeah, even in real life, random shit like that happens, you know. So like in exactly. games, it's yeah, if, any, if anything, it's more realistic. <laughs> yeah, every now and then, like my world just gets low res all of a sudden, and you know. Yeah, no, same. That's usually when I've been punched in the face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I just have two other small things. My obsession with the mobile game Infinity Loop oh continues. I'm now at level five hundred and fifty. You have a problem. Like, do we need to hold an intervention? Well, you can try, but. Interventions are usually done in person. And that's not really very easy. True. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's I just it's a night. It's not too intensive, and it just kills five minutes if I'm bored, if I'm waiting for something. And then, um, lastly, I spent this last week having some very amusing and enlightening conversations with other friend of the show, uh, Dapper Paper Bag, and friends. So shout out as well to her, Simon, and Dave, and a couple of others. So, uh, we had some very should we talk, interesting should we talk about what I came into the chat and saw. Uh, no, I, I <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about well, that. Well, okay, we'll leave it at that. Not something listeners. our podcast audience wants. If you bring this up, I'm going to edit it. So, <laughs> just I'm not going to say what happened, but I joined the chat and I saw some things that people had posted in our chat in our in our server chat, and I was like, yeah. "WTF is happening right now?" Like it blew my freaking mind. Yeah. And apparently, Nick doesn't want to talk about it, so tweet him and beg him to explain the details of that. But yeah, if you do, I'll just send you a screenshot of the Discord <laughs> chat. Just with just no just no words. Just um, yeah, quite ridiculous. No, it was fun. It was interesting. It was just a bit of a joke. We kind of it was a joke. Dapper just decided to send Brad some things, and just it got a bit out. Of it, was it was silly. <laughs> it was, but it was it was good fun. I've I've had a ha, had had a good few times just yeah. being up talking to them, which is always fun. It's nice to meet new people. I wouldn't be surprised if we were able to mug some of that lot onto the podcast in future as well, Nick. I'm excited to what? talk about the news this week. Yes, I am, because there's lots of news. Because as we are recording, it is two days before E3. Oh my gosh. Hopefully this podcast will go up before E3. So this is sort of our pre-E3 prep yep. podcast. But there's still lots of news. 
Um, uh, we'll we'll take it in turns with the, with the news. Uh, first of all, Sony has now explicitly confirmed the existence of a PlayStation Neo, PlayStation Four and a Half to be in development. This is coming directly from them, but they have said it will not appear at E3. I just, but it is being made. I I guess it's like the same thing they were doing when like the PS2 came out, and then a couple years later it was like the PS2 Slim or upgraded hard drive. You know what I'm saying? Like they're doing the same thing but with the yeah. PS4, and I didn't think that was going to happen when the PS4 came out. But, mm. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm definitely not going to pick it up. Well, I, I, that's I for th- sure. I th- well, no, I, th- I think the difference is is that when they sort of released the PS2 Slim and things, it wasn't to that much fanfare, and it replaced the original console. Whereas one of the big things Sony are pushing about this new console is it will be on the market alongside the standard console. Like, this isn't phasing out the old console. So it's like so, it's a so they're they're giving you different tiers of PlayStation capabilities, yes. I guess. So yes, I but I think they've 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 said for quite a while that there won't ever be uh, exclusive games for the more powerful console. Yeah, that's fine. It will but just I be don't... that newer games have like two modes of running. I think, which I don't have a problem. I with. think what's going to happen is people a lot of times choose consoles because it's a lot simpler than choosing a computer. So you choose yes. a console, and that console runs all the games that are made for the console. But now, just like in computers, when you have different kinds of processors and motherboards and graphics cards, and people don't want to deal with that. So that's why they buy pre-built computers with like the yeah. best things or highest rated things. People buy consoles for the same reason. So now that you're offering options, yeah, great, the customer has options, but maybe the customer doesn't want all these options, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah like, I know it's, it was always nice to have the security that if I buy a PS4... I'll be able to play, I don't know, say every major release until 2020 or yeah, something. Yeah, so like, like, I like am I missing security. out on something by not buying this new PS4? Yeah, that's the problem. And I think really, that's only really come around because VR has sort of grown unexpectedly. And I don't think, like, these consoles are powerful enough to run VR, but they like to run it properly and to be a proper contender for Oculus and the yeah, Vive. For... They need to be just a bit more powerful. So I think that's really the main reason I why agree. they're doing it. I'm really excited to see what happens with VR. By the way, like I don't know what's happening with that. Yeah, right now, so but... looks. It is one of those things that I've heard people say such amazing things that if I ever get the chance to do a proper VR demo, I would just jump at yeah, it. Same. Yeah, but yeah. So if anyone out there wants to like send us a complimentary HTC Vive or Oculus Rift, then please do. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, uh, next on our our news list here is, which I think is awesome. So CD Projekt Red and mm. the Polish government are starting a twenty and a half million dollar fund for what they call creative games. And so here's the headline for from the uh, or like the opening intro. It says the Polish government has teamed up with local games organization Polish Games Association to bolster local games developers working on boundary pushing projects. Uh, the investment will offer $20.5 million to studios working in Poland on, quote, industrial research and experimental development or experimental development only. So one of the quotes is the they want to catch up with the booming gaming markets in the U.S. or Canada. And I think it's awesome that, A, the government is doing this, but B, that CD Projekt Red, which is obviously a company known for doing what's best for the players and all its yes. free DLC and everything, is returning even Definitely. more of its money that like it, it could just take all this money and put it right back into their own development but instead they're helping fund other people's developments and like it's 
yes, I think that's that's kind of you hope that more of the industry would do that. Right? Like you can't imagine sort of EA doing a. Can you imagine thing. if we saw Ubisoft or EA come out and be like, "So this year we're going to spend fifteen million dollars and we're just going to give it to developers to create new innovative games." Like people's minds yeah. would be that's what... bottled, you know. Well, there's e- E3 in two days' time. It could you're, happen. You're right, and I like your your little hint at our our topic here at the end here. Yes, but we will get we'll get back yeah. to that. We got a few more bits of news before that. So good on you, CD um, Projekt Red and the Polish government yep. for doing that. I'm excited to see what happens mm. and if other countries will yeah will take the lead on that as well. Definitely. Oh, and next, uh, yeah, yeah, we have yeah. You um, take the next one. I'll do. You never played the division, right? Uh, no, I sort of, and I'm glad, and I'm glad I didn't bother investing in it because it seems their bubble <laughs> has burst. So there's been lots of reports I've heard that. One, there's lots of hacking and like there's cheaters run rampant in this game. But not only that, the game was cool for a while, but to me it wasn't that fun. And I think a lot of people feel the same way because the Division's player count has dropped 93% since its launch. And I don't know if that's a similar statistic to games like Halo 5 or Destiny or other big, huge, popular FPS games that mm. come out. But 93% seems like a lot. So, yeah, I mean, I guess you can attribute it to the, like, lack of growth of the game, whereas, like, the new, like, mm. quote-unquote raids that came out were just, like, one-time levels that weren't that challenging, and they were, like, all the enemies are just, like, bullet sponges and things yeah. like that. So, I don't know, it was super hyped up for a while, and people were, like, loving it, and there's whole YouTube channels devoted to the Division, but now that there's, like literally 7% of its original player base. I don't know if the game is yeah. worth picking up or playing because it's online only, you know? Mm, and like it's like you mentioned, that like that's not an isolated thing. It's happened to a lot of games, which is actually what makes me slightly wary of picking up Overwatch because I'm hearing like only positive things. People are loving the game, but I kind of think yeah, so, if I truly want to get in that game, I should have picked it up a month ago. Right? Like, I know you it, think it, do you, like you're wondering month, if it's, you know I mean. it's going to last... Yeah, like, and I think I was going to say I think it will. It... Yeah, and I, I tell you why it's because Blizzard is notoriously good at creating long-lasting content. Like Diablo three, yeah, doesn't have as many players as it did at launch, but it's still going and it still has a ton of people playing Diablo three, and that's an old game. Like they're still yeah. releasing seasonal content for Diablo three. So yeah, I mean, I also Blizzard is a very good at, Blizz... at doing that. So. Yes, and I did hear in uh, relation to Overwatch, Blizzard sent out a slightly cryptic tweet regarding crossplay. Oh, cross yeah. Play. So they're looking at um, crossplay between the Xbox and the PlayStation Four, not between the computer and them. But uh, so you could compete on PlayStation Four with people playing on Xbox. They're looking at possibly doing that. But so, well, that is funny enough. The exact opposite of what I heard. I heard that um, there's no crossplay at the minute, but they were looking into crossplay between. Xbox and PC because that's quite easy because it's essentially both Microsoft. Well, and I, but they but basically the consensus was don't expect any form of PS4 crossplay because it's just too much of a pain for to get involved with Sony. So who knows? It could happen. They seem to they at least seem to be aware that it's what the players want. So I could be eating my words three months from now. Just don't expect it to release next week. Yeah. if it does come, it's basically what we want to say. Interesting. Um, the next. 
the next bit of news, um, it caught it caught my eye because he's sort of a beloved character. That uh, Crash Bandicoot could be making a return I to gaming love of sorts. Crash Bandicoot. Yes. Now, because um, Crash Bandicoot as a series is in a bit of a funny place because Sony is really, really aware of how much, how much sort of love the franchise has, but the rights to the games actually reside with Activision, and they've said sort of a very businessy thing of like, we will, we will always look for ways to try and bring this beloved franchise back, but I don't think they've done anything since about 2013. But a story came to light of. Uh, the page has now been pulled, but it's suggested that Crash Bandicoot may appear in an upcoming Skylanders pack. That which is yeah very interesting. Mm. I mean, I don't play Skylanders or anything, but like, Not if Crash all. Bandicoot was to make a comeback, I would want like a remaster of Crash Bandicoot Two, exactly. You know, mm. or something like that. Yeah. Like kind of like it's, they're doing with ukulele, like I... a new like reenvisioning of this mm. the, the game or something. Yeah, or a bit like what they've done with Ratchet and Clank, yeah. like slightly tweak. Mm. Well, I don't know, because like this, f- just for me personally, isn't the ideal way I wanted the character to come back. But if by doing this it means Crash Bandicoot gains enough momentum and we see some change behind the scenes and we see a new game in development, I'm I'm happy for that. Like if that, if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just don't know how. I mean, we'll see. Because how many people playing Skylanders yeah. actually know who Crash Bandicoot is? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is Crash. Like mm. Skylanders is marketed towards younger audiences. Am I am I wrong in that? Like, yes. Like so. No, no, no. It's the it chances that of, yeah. the the kids that are saying asking their parents to buy them Skylanders figurines know what Crash Bandicoot is, unless their parents are awesome and were yeah. like told them like this is what a platformer game is like. You know. Yeah. So. It's yeah. It it is it is difficult. Like. It did seem a tiny bit like they were like, hmm, we need a really good license in Skylanders. I know, let's dig out Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> let's but... dig out Crash Bandicoot. Yep. Uh, moving on. Um, next up, we're going to be talking about a um, a, f- a few sort of trailers that have come up because it's nearly E3. Now, obviously, we know E3 that hype? discussing trailers... Discussing, yes, E3 hype. Discussing trailers on an audio podcast is a bit stupid, but we will, as always, include links to all the trailers we talk about so you can at least get an idea of sort of a reference of what we're talking about. So first up, this is something that appealed to me, but a new trailer for Gran Turismo Sport has launched because um, the Gran Turismo series has been a little bit quiet. Um, Gran Turismo 6, which was the last outing, People enjoyed it. It didn't really do anything too dramatic, but people enjoyed it. But this is going to be the first Gran Turismo game on the new con or the newer consoles, and um, you can definitely see the graphical sort of update. It looks very lovely. It's got a very interesting looking photo mode, and I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Gran Turismo, so I'm sort of happy to see where this goes, and I hope that it that it performs as well as it should because they've had problems in the past, but hopefully they'll kind of. Uh, Polyphony uh, Digital will so, kind of come back. Um, Gran Turismo to me has their their main selling point has always been, look how real our driving simulator yes. is. Like you're you're driving actual mm. cars, you fine tune it like it's an actual car. The Ex- graphics are insane. Yeah. What is GT Sports like selling point? Is it still like look how awesome our graphics are? Because I think it is, but th- I th- they've skewed it more towards the competitive side of things like um in in the old in the sort of older games you could get anything from a 
really boring hatchback to a million pound supercar and you could sort of drive anything you wanted whereas it and looks when, like when you say when you trailer, say million pound you mean the money right yes <laughs> okay um but yeah million um and it was always a bit sort of skewed whereas this time it seems to be like they've gone a bit more towards sort of competitive racing like if you look at that trailer they haven't there's still some like normal cars there but it seems a bit more like this is going to be slightly more competitive game which i don't have too much of a problem with but i always i always thought I that always was going to be uh, yeah i always thought that should be their main selling point is like if you're going to race you might as well race against other people right yeah but uh, i think i think to some extent because it was so realistic it was kind of like even having a relatively sort of mundane car it was always fun because you could tune it up and you could make it really fast and and change the handling and stuff. So for the right sort of people, that was a lot of what a lot of people wanted. That's fair. Although it did make me, it always made me laugh that um, for what was billed as one of the most realistic simulations, it took until Gran Turismo Five, which was a PlayStation Three game, for that game for that series to have a damage engine. Right. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. It had no damage system before GTA uh, GT Five, which was insane. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to take the next. Yeah, so uh, well, actually, I'm gonna talk about Horizon Zero Dawn next because the when that was announced, I think that was announced last year, I believe, at E3. Yes. And so, yeah, it's they have another trailer releasing. Um, Speaking of which, there are so many trailers that are titled like E3 release trailer that came out this week. So, like, what are they gonna show at E3? You know what I'm saying? But. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll have stuff up there, Steve, yeah. to show. But it, yeah, it does seem a bit weird. Su- like I, I, I don't remember seeing this happen before, where all of the trailers for the new games have released before E3. But that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn has a new trailer out, which showcases a lot more of the story, development of the main character, and the gameplay and the the setting of the world. And it looks awesome. Like this whole mm. Earth has gone to shambles, been overrun by you know the plant life and stuff. But there's like robot dinosaurs it just it looks yeah. awesome i like the setting of that a lot so i'm excited for that one although this release date is uh late february of next year so yeah yeah which is a bit of a shame but that's kind of what we yeah. have to get used to and nowadays. then what i'm really most excited for and yeah bring on the hate uh i'm most excited for watchdogs too because i freaking <laughs> love watchdogs the first one like i said i started playing it last night yeah but um and I think part of the reason I loved the first one so much is because I wasn't hyped for it. Like, I just saw it in the store. I was like, oh, this looks neat. Picked it up and took yeah. it home with me. Uh, I mean, I paid for it, of course. But I didn't have hype for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Games Without Borders does not <laughs> I didn't have any hype or expectations for it. And it turned out to be... It is one of my favorite games on, on the new consoles right now. So, Watch Dogs 2. Mm. Uh, I just love, like, the culture of it and everything, too. I think the storyline is great. I like being able to hack things. Um, so Watch Dogs 2 looks really awesome. Your main character is like yeah. this... Uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. He's he's like a young tech enthusiast guy who is kind of uh, rebellious, but he know, understands like how the city works and things. And his weapon is... Yeah. Like I, I watched the trailer that I, I linked in here, and it talks about how they came up with the character and how they came up with the character's weapon. And it's a billiards ball attached yeah. via rope. I, I, I heard about so this. So, like, you, like, swing this billiards ball around and smack people in the face with it and stuff, and, I, like, it's a new ty- style of weapon besides, like, guns and fists, you know? So yeah. I'm really excited to see what happens. I'm excited to see what you can all hack. They've updated the parkour system. 
So it looks it looks really good. It looks great to me. Yeah, I'm just I'm I hope like I know obviously hacking is the focus, but I do hope that from a gameplay perspective, it doesn't just end up coming out like Assassin's Creed San Francisco. <laughs> well, I mean that is the only that is the only <laughs> thing I'm wary of. I wouldn't complain about that, but. Um, yeah, I get, well, I get not, you. I, I understand. Not, I know, but it's kind of like you kind of hope they would go in a bit of a new direction. I agree. Like it, it's starting to feel a bit repetitive. Where like, like you're gonna be will... put in San Francisco, and then you have collectibles all over the map, and then you do yeah. the collectibles, and you yeah, that's... yeah. I don't want that either. They they went in a good direction no. with the first one, where they had like augmented reality phone games that you didn't have to do, but you you could if you wanted, and then. Okay. Once you like their little mini games and stuff, so there's like there is more stuff to do than just like run around and hack stuff. But we'll yeah. see. They're fine. Like I think I think to some yeah I think to some extent that was the allure of the whole thing. Like you could walk past NPCs and you could hack them and it would display ridiculous amounts of information. Yeah. Because I think what? part of I think the charm of that game is that even though it's set in like an alternative universe where sort of everything is connected, it's not that far it, off the real it world. It really isn't, and so. Like, like give give the real world another ten years, and that could be us. exactly yeah. So, I mean, I'm excited to see where the game goes and uh, how it plays. And one of the cool things about it is, like, the uh, the setting, I guess. So, there's in the first one, there's this organization called DeadSec, and they're like these hackers, underground hackers that are fighting for the people. And you have to make decisions on whether or not you want to help them. And so, in the second one, you're part mm-hmm. of a member of dead sec and you get to see like this sort of unknown underground hacker culture that exists in our world today that people don't see so yeah uh, i think it's i think it's cool it's a great setting i'm excited if you couldn't tell (laughs) no 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 it's good it's one of those games that i definitely will keep an eye on and i wouldn't be surprised because they released they uh ported watchdogs to ps4 didn't they yeah well i don't know about port but i I have it on ps4 well okay and yeah, because I know, I know, because obviously it was originally a PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty game. Yeah, it's, it's I've, I have it on PS Four, and it's it's fun. It's awesome. How how does it hold up visually? It looks really good. Like I was playing it yesterday, and I was actually surprised. At, like the um the coat, like the trench coat the guy wears, like flaps realistically with the wind as yeah. he runs and moves realistically as he sits and stands and stuff. And then like the the graphics and lighting are are good with the art art style. So it looks, I mean, yeah. It looks like GTA Five, is what I would say. That's yeah. good. Nothing like realistic trench coat right? physics, <laughs> which I add to my list of stupid gameplay features, <laughs> which includes dynamic beard growth, which The Witcher Three debuted, yep. and I think the other one was dynamic ponytail movement, which an old Tomb Raider game. Oh, did. word. Well, you know, yep. The Witcher has the hair physics engine, right? Yeah. So it has realistic hair movement. On the creatures yeah. and Gerald, if if you turn that on, and it's like, yeah, it's this new technology mm. that the hair moves realistically as the character yeah. moves, and like, and like, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, I'm all for games being hyper realistic, but it is quite funny when like a developer comes out and says like, look at the realistic of hair movement, uh, and right? Like, like I want the realistic facial expressions and emotions, you know? Yes, so that's mm. just me. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we should move in. We sort of touched on this, but our main discussion for this week is basically what are our hopes and dreams for E3 and what do, what, what do we think we'll actually get? Yeah, so E3, year after year, all these new trailers come out and all this stuff is announced and there's excitement and applause and people are like, oh my god, that's amazing. 
Like last year, it was VR yep. and Microsoft's uh, what the heck is that called? Their Microsoft Glass Hololens, HoloLens and like all this crazy things, yep. which I haven't heard anything about since then. Nope. And HoloLens in particular has gone very quiet. Yeah, there's so much hype for E3 and like all this stuff is announced, and then you kind of like a year later you're reminded like, oh yeah, that game is supposed to come out by this time. Yeah. Right? So. E3 hopes and dreams versus what actually happens. I want to know, Nick, mm. if you could see anything come out of E3 this year that isn't just hyped up, like isn't just like, look at what this could be. It's an actual release. What well, would you want to see announced? Yeah, before before people shout at me and point out they've emphatically said this won't happen, I would love if out of nowhere Nintendo uh, showed off the NX. And just completely yeah. caught everyone by surprise, and just said, "Here it is." And like, even if, even if they still said it's still going to only be released in 2017, if they could actually say to people, "Here is what it actually is. Here is how it works," because no one knows anything about it, and I almost think that's starting to damage them. Because like, we can't get too hyped because no one knows how the damn thing's going to work. <laughs> I. I hear you, and I think that would be exciting. But let me yeah. I want I want you to go one step ahead, step above that. Like literally anything. If like no no holds barred, what would make you unbelievably hyped to see at E three? Ooh. Oh, that's 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 tough. I se- I sense you've got something in mind, so I'm gonna ask ask you what you've got and I'll come back I to I do, you. I do. And it's kind of it's 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 unbelievably far fetched. But what yeah. I was thinking is if one of the bigger companies come out, like, I mean, maybe something like CD Projekt Red or something like that, but yeah, people that are, like, friendly with gamers, maybe, like, Valve, or I don't I don't know, um, which that's debatable if they're friendly with gamers, but the idea is, let's say someone comes out and says, look, we're not coming out with another game this year, we're coming out with a, a universe, and this sounds really Peter Molyneux right now, but what okay. I want is, is a game that you can play the game, and there's like an yeah. FPS version of the game, and then there's an MMORPG of the game, okay. and then there's a movie of the game, and then there's books of the game, and it's all set in a universe. And so there's all these dynamic... So you basically, you basically want a game version of the Marvel Universe. Where yeah, so like comic books are really together. good at it, uh, at building this universe, and there's all different yeah. storylines, and they all come back to the same universe. Well, I want a video game like that, that's set in like this alternate reality of our world, and it's something where there's games and books and movies and they all are different storylines from the different games like they're not linked directly together but they're all in the same universe you know so that, yeah. that's what i would be super excited to see yeah I, that yeah i think I, I think i've got like i've got the, my, i've got mine as well it, and obviously yeah this okay. this won't happen are you talking about mine won't happen but, um no um okay. the thing i the thing i'm thinking of is we touched on earlier but just for like the heads of Sony and the heads of Microsoft and some big names in um, the PC industry, so maybe Valve, to turn around and say, from now on, all multiplayer games have cross-platform play between all the consoles. That would be insane. Like, yeah, it's like it's no. never going to happen you for know, so um... many reasons. But like, ima- ima- like, imagine if you could bring out, let's say, Overwatch hasn't come out yet, and but we knew it was coming, and then they could say it release. It doesn't matter what console you play it on, you can play with absolutely everyone and anyone. And I think that would just... Would, I think oh, definitely would. I think if we could come to... Like, right now, the sector split up between console and computer, and if 
there's ever a time where there's like one system yeah. that everyone flocks to like like there are in books in dystopian mm. books like um ready player one there's it's a universe that everyone participates in and that's where everyone spends all their time it's not like a separate console it's like everybody has different yeah. versions of the same hardware mm. but um what yeah. you know um final fantasy 14 has crossplay between like I'm, I'm playing a computer. I can play with my friend on PlayStation Three or PlayStation Four. Mm. Yeah, you know, so yeah, it's been it's, done, it's... but it has to be the right type of game because an MMO, exactly, an MMORPG, like it's not like my reaction. Like okay, so FPS on a computer, like Counter Strike Global Offensive. If you're playing on a computer, it's much different than if you're playing with a controller, and it's a lot easier to be a lot better with the mouse and keyboard than it is with the controller simply because of the mechanics of how a controller works. And that's one of the reasons, just one, of <laughs> why it couldn't happen between, you know. But campaign, and we're not going to write articles about why this should happen, and we're not going to petition the industry. Yeah. I'm kind of like, this what's, just... what's the word when you're like, uh, I guess daydreaming, I guess. But if we could get... Ever. <laughs> if If yeah. we could get... Like yeah. all of the big companies to work together and be like, all right, all of us come together. We're going to design one piece of hardware that everybody can work off of and then we'll split the profits equally. Everyone would make more money. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, it'd be really cool. It'd be really cool if, like, tomorrow they turned around and said, like, EA, Nintendo, Ubisoft no longer exist. We're all in one big company just called video games and we just all work. Owned by yeah, Google. Probably, well, <laughs> not even owned by Google, owned by Alphabet, who is the company that owns Google. <laughs> oh, that's right. Owned by Alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, because I don't know if you've read Ready Player One, but that, that's the whole concept is they don't have... No, I haven't. People are raving about it, and I keep meaning to try and find like video game-related books. It's so good. It's like a gamer's paradise. Yeah, it's a gamer's paradise. You should read it. Ready Player One. Great book. I will. Or you could listen to it narrated by Will Wheaton on Audible. Uh, that's no. that, it's a joy. He's actually a very good narrator. So. I've never been a fan of audiobooks for that very reason. Like, it's not a personal thing against Will Wheaton, but I think if you don't get along with the person that's read, reading the book to you, I can't get for it as as well sort of integrated in. If that makes sense, it does because you come up with your own. Like reading it, you come up with your own images and voices and things like that. Mm. But listening to it, you only have to go off of. The voice of their reader, but yeah, true. But uh, yeah, audiobooks are good. I say, I say, give yeah, it a shot. They have, yeah, they have, they have their advantages. I'm just a bit. Yep. I say I'm a bit I'm, old I, fashioned, but I do. Own I a mostly kin, do it I own a because, so. uh, yeah, I mostly do that because I can't read a book while I'm mowing the lawn or driving. So instead, I listen to it. Yeah, that's, that's just fair. me. Um, but so I tell yeah. you what, I tell you, I tell you what, our listeners should do if they're mowing the lawn or driving, they should listen to this podcast. <laughs> they should. We've we've got <laughs> well, over ten. We've got over ten hours of content. More than <laughs> We do have over ten hours, over eleven now. Yes. Um, well, this hasn't. Well, yes. By the time you listeners are listening to this, it will be over eleven. <laughs> so this year at E3, there's been a lot of talk, and I'm I don't know what they're going to release, or I don't have any guesses on what's going to happen. But I just want people to keep in mind, they like game companies literally, like so they have one development team working on the game, and they have another development team, or they take people from their main game to build a separate game demo specifically mm. for E3. And yeah. when people, like, they announce all these crazy things with all these advanced features, like, I remember when Division was announced, and it looked awesome, 
and then like there are yeah. obviously things in the demo that aren't in the real game and that's because yes. the demo is a completely different development cycle than the actual game mm. Well, before we were recording, we were, have, we were having this very same discussion because you, you sent me that Horizon Zero Dawn trailer, and my first reaction was, "This looks properly cool, but I want to know if that's gameplay." Because there was a couple of like moves and a couple of actions that looked properly cool, but there's a point, there's a part of my brain that goes, "There's a chance you'll never be able to actually do that exact maneuver," and it's a bit silly, but like, I want, I want, I want, I want trailers to show me. To show me what I can do, like I know it's a bit of a funny comparison, but um, if you th- if you think of a film trailer, uh, we'd like to apologise if there's a bit of a cut at that point in the recording. We had some internet problems, but yeah, what you were just talking about, Horizon Zero Dawn, and how a lot of the times in gameplay trailers it shows off things you can't actually do, and that's kind of a problem. Yeah. Um. Like a- gosh, I just want to see what gameplay is. It, like a lot of games come yeah. out and say this is what we're going to put in the game but i want to see like what we're this is what it's gonna be like i promise you this is what the game is going to play like and then it it's not <laughs> so yeah. i mean we talked about it last week where there's a video of that um somebody made of ubisoft's e3 versus reality videos you know yeah so i mean just keep the hype in check and uh we'll mm. i don't know i'm excited for e3 don't get me wrong but yeah there is going to be uh, some letdowns this next year. Definitely. I'm positive there's going to be some disappointment. Yeah. So we'll yep. see. Just ra- yeah. If, remember, if you want to get in touch with us, tell us about what you'd like to see at E3. We don't have much time left, but you can tweet us at GWB pod, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Sorry, tweet us at GWB pod on Twitter, or you can email us at GWB podcast at gmail.com. And you can also go there to email us questions, uh, things you want us to discuss in future episodes. If you'd like to appear on the podcast, we, uh, that's the best way to get in touch. We'll try and get you on. So yeah, I just wanted to slip that in, slip that in there. I don't know if we should move on to community. Uh, and this week, yeah. So this week, community involvement. I guess you were having a Twitter conversation with a bunch of people. Yes, this. Yeah, we didn't. We don't have much Twitter Twitter community, uh, community involvement. Um, this week, but anyone who listens to this podcast and the One Track Gamers podcast will know I was badgering Corey, uh, the talent, to give us a question. So he just sent us the question: What kind of bear is best? Now, but that's a ridiculous question. Yes, and this then started a lot of back and forth on Twitter between myself and the entirety of the One Track Gamers that left me very confused. However, Brad did inform me this morning that I believe they are making jokes—a joke about the American Office. But nevertheless, <laughs> yes, the American Office. What? Yes, because the yeah the Office was a t- uh, British TV show originally, and then the, they, oh. they made it in the US. <laughs> so the TV show is not yeah. called American Office, but it, it's just the yeah. Office. I was I... no, but but over over here it's often referred That's funny. to. I as, didn't know that like, the Office US so, yeah. or the American Office. So oh, no, yeah, no, the the British so one came Corey... first. Tweeted us and asked what kind of bear is best, and that just like started this whole yeah. thing. Great. Well, I mean, yeah, definitely. But no, nonetheless, we're gonna we're gonna take this this question seriously. So, Brad, what's your favorite sort of bear? Obviously, the black bear. No, I'm just kidding. That's the line from okay. the office. Um, bear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like I like bear grills, personally. I was gonna make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I have two backup jokes. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. 
Uh, well, first of all, I have a bit of a spot for Paddington Bear. Because, <laughs> well, he, he's nice. He's, he's pleasant. Bear. He doesn't harm anyone. <laughs> but I think we all know that the best kind of bear to be is bear, spelt B-A-R-E, rather than B-E-A-R. Oh, that's a good one. I like that's Yeah. So, that's so punny. <laughs> exactly. It should all be bear. <laughs> and by that I mean naked, so yeah. Some sort of crazy nudist that you are. Um, I, well, I get out to my own time. It's my my stuff. That's true. I discovered that on the Discord chat. So. Don't! <laughs> um, no, it's fine. What kind of bear is best? I think I'm going to stick... Well, Bear Grylls, I guess, would get eaten by a black bear. Yeah, I want to say Bear Grylls. <laughs> I'm pretty sure and Corey probably, is gonna, Corey probably has no idea who he is. <laughs> bear Grylls? Yeah. Why would he... Everyone knows who Bear Grylls is. I didn't really think he had much of an American presence. Of course, he's we, that's like he's got his own line of machetes in Walmart. Does he actually? Yes, like it's the okay. Bear Grylls machete and Bear Grylls tool set and survival I did kit. Not know, I did not know this yeah. at all. Yeah, I he's, thought he was very much British. Oh, he's huge over here. Uh, partly oh, because of his accent, and secondly because he does crazy things like drink his own urine from a snakeskin. Yep, and that's you know America's love that snakeskin urine. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got nothing didn't else. He, if didn't you have he any also? Other... Um, sorry, this is minor Bear Grylls chat. This hasn't become a Bear Grylls podcast. Didn't he go out in the wild with President Obama? I don't know. Maybe I know he went out with no, he, Will Ferrell. Oh no, he did. I, rem- I remember. I remember the TV show. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, sorry. Enough Bear Grylls. <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by Bear Grylls. <laughs> I think. I think Bear Jerky is the best. Bear Jerky is real good. I hate. I've had jerky once in my life, and I thought it was terrible. Really? Then you must have had. You must have had terrible jerky. Yes, it just, it just. I guess jerky's yeah, all over the place. Yeah, it's, it's not really a British here. thing, to be fair. Anyways, bear jerky. My answer. Final answer. Mm. If you want to send the podcast, <laughs> okay. if you want to send me some jerky, <laughs> sure be... then please do. <laughs> all right, I'll send it straight through the interwebs. Email, email me some jerky. <laughs> all right. Uh, if people want to. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, thanks for that if question, people Corey. want to reach you, Nick, and Despite send you pictures of jerky, where do they do that? Um, well, I'd rather you wouldn't send me pictures of jerky, but um, you can find me on Twitter at another GNG blog. You can find me at uh, Steam as Merciful Fate. Uh, you can find my blog in general at nickpjenkins25.wordpress.com. Remember, I've just had my Uncharted 4 review out, so if you give that a read, and if you put a comment on the end of the review, or tweet at me what you thought, I'd very much appreciate that, because I want to try and get the uh, get the site going a bit more because I've got some time I've got a few ideas for articles um, so where can they find you Brad? You can find me on Twitter at MajesticSteed55 and then on Steam as Scrub10000 and that's that's pretty much the main places that you're going to be able to contact me I'm on Steam all the time and um, if you guys want to send us a uh, tweet if you want to be a part of the Discord chat and we'll work something out where we have a chat with the viewers um, yes definitely yeah, if if you like what you hear and you want to be a guest on the podcast, don't think like, oh my god, will they of have, we will. have me? Well, we're going to be yeah, we're going to be brutally honest here. We're a small podcast. We've we've loved doing the last two episodes we've done. We've had guests. It's a lot of fun. It allows us to do different things and meet new people. So yeah, honestly, we love it. So if you want to guest be a guest, just tweet us or email us, and we will def- definitely sure. try and work things out. All right. Yep. It does not matter where on the globe Truth. you are from. You get extra points if you're not in America or the UK, though. <laughs> oh, snap. Don't listen to him. You get bonus points from me. <laughs> yeah, but that, means we, that means we get a whole extra country. 
Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. That's all yes, for thanks. this week. I think. So yeah, I just want to say thanks for listening. Uh, I want to apologise again if there's a bit of a cut partway through this podcast, but that's just how things go. It's how the cookie crumbles. Crumbles. <laughs> yep. All right. Thanks, listeners. Right, come on. We got. We got. Na- we got nailed. We got nailed this out for Come on. <laughs> just thanks and bye bye. I suppose. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye.